1: Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get that free CHGO membership, access to all of our great web content, a free t-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, all that stuff, two grand in free bets, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Happy Friday, I'm Jay Zawaski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Finally, fellas, we finally, should we check Twitter one more time? I think we before? have a window
2: we can fit it in.
1: We've been trying to do this show for most of this month. Duncan Keith retired on July 12th, 2022. <laughs> Even though it feels like <laughs> it last is. year. Yeah, Jeez. Uh And we have not really had the chance because of all the stuff going on with the Hawks to discuss it at length so we're gonna i'm doing one final twitter check guys before we start this yeah oh god i just got a dm to oh god what's happening oh god oh god okay so far (laughs) good all right we're good
0: even even though we've started and there's no news we have recorded one of these audio only podcasts to get 35 minutes in and have to start over over. yes um, thank you frank Um, sir all let's yeah let's uh not (laughs) was that richardson yeah, That was the Richardson hire. That was we had Richardson. to literally record stop
2: and Stop and restart.
0: That was bizarre World because that whole second time we were recording, I'm like, did I say this already? Was this on the first show or the <laughs> second show? It was yeah. so confusing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we should be okay. Yeah, right? I hope so. Uh, well,
0: let, he, let's just make a... He, make he a said... <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're gonna find out. So Duncan Keith retires uh, July twelfth as a member of the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Six years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna recap. Uh, I have <laughs> I, I spent some time preparing for today's show, and I have all of his accomplishments written down.
2: All right, sit back, get comfy.
1: 2015 Con Smythe, four time All Star, two time Norris Trophy winner, 2010, 2014, two time First Team NHL All Star, one time Second Team NHL All Star three-time Stanley Cup champ, two-time Olympic gold medalist, one-time silver medal World Junior Championship winner in 2008. In total, 1,256 games played, 106 goals, 540 assists, 646 points, 151 playoff games with 91 points in those games. For the Blackhawks, he is number two in games played with 1,192 Behind Stan Makita's 1,396. He is number 10 in points with 625. He is number 6 in assists with 520. He is number 3 in on-ice goals for 1,537. Behind only Stan Makita and Doug Wilson, Duncan Keith on the ice for 1,537 Blackhawks goals.
2: That's pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Did
1: I forget anything? I don't think I did. Uh,
2: yeah, I think
0: th- that's uh, set, that's quite the comprehensive lost, seven list. Teeth. Seven yeah. lost teeth. Seven lost teeth. Yeah, the there only, you go. The uh, thing you missed on that <laughs> At one. At least seven. Seven uh, that we know of.
1: And, and as we have to do before every time we talk about any member of the 2010 Blackhawks, we have to issue our qualifier. Um, you know, we usually give the floor to Mario to do this, but I think we can all sort of just acknowledge as we always do, what happened to Kyle Beach in 2010 is inexcusable. Anyone who had any prior knowledge of this, uh, you know, or, you know, honestly, post knowledge of this um, should be held accountable for that. And we don't know what level of knowledge Duncan Keith had, but uh, Kyle Beach said everyone knew. And last time I checked, Duncan Keith was on that team in a major role. So acknowledging uh, the failures of that team once again, as we have to do every time we talk about these guys. And it it really puts a cloud over everything. And here I go. I'm going to stop.
2: Well, it's it's not only that, you know, the the being on the 2010 team and and what he did or did not know or what what not. It's it's the way that things were handled uh, last summer and comments that he made um, or or rather did not make um, that kind of put those things. It makes the cloud kind of follow him a little bit more um we, we talked about with with jonathan Taze, the way that he uh you know needed three attempts basically to say something that actually felt sincere about uh, about the situation um it's 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 just one of those things that happens and one of those things you, you have to acknowledge and i think you know we we touched on it enough um so it's yeah preface it with you know no one is no one is perfect. Um, the next however long we talk about Duncan Keith um, is about the the hockey player and the uh, the legacy that he leaves with the Blackhawks. Uh, but also, you know, acknowledging that uh, it's it's not as sparkling and shiny as it uh, may have looked a while ago.
1: Yeah, I think that's very well said. So you know, the it was weird to watch him play for the Oilers. Very weird. Um, it just didn't feel right. And, and it, you know, that's a guy who I always thought would be kind of the last guy standing just because of the way he plays, because of the way he logs minutes, because of his workout regimen. I remember like early in his career, there were stories about his like superhuman lung capacity and, yeah. and all the and I, I never thought of all the great Blackhawks um to retire that Duncan Keith would be because we're like Hosa was forced. Like he had to retire because of the health condition. Right. Seabrook was sort of forced to retire because of not being good at hockey anymore.
2: Well, and his body breaking down. Yeah.
1: So Duncan Keith to be the first one to to really just walk away. And he is the older of them, obviously, but I don't know that it surprised me. He seemed to me like a guy who would play like well into his
2: forties. I think being in Edmonton, pushed that a little bit. I think if if Duncan Keith had stayed in Chicago where expectations were different, um, I tend to think he might still give it a go, but wanting to be closer to his family um, and and just the competitor in him wanting to be on a team that was going to compete for a Stanley Cup, um, you know, he saw the, I'm sure he, part of his decision was, I see the writing on the walls here. It's not gonna happen here anymore. Uh, probably helped his, helped push his decision. But I, I yeah, I, I feel like if, if, if he had played the way he played in in this past season in Chicago, I don't think the voices would have been as loud as they were in Edmonton to say, uh, can we get rid of this guy? Yeah. And that might have pushed him to be like, you know what? I don't think I have it anymore.
1: I think too is, is remember, you know, you start the season last year with Jeremy Calton as head coach and, and there was no, um, I don't know. I I don't think he was a dick about it, but I think it was pretty clear that that Keith, probably more than anybody, did not really jive with Jeremy Collin. And yeah. I think that played a role in him probably wanting out a little bit of Chicago. But I also think, too, Mario, like you mentioned, you know, if Edmonton had a better chance to win. I also think like you go to somewhere new at the end of your career and it maybe it just doesn't feel the same. And you can't like really conjure up the same emotion. You don't feel a connection to the city or to the players. I that might have played a role for him too, you know? Cause I think, yeah. you know, Edmonton, they've got such great players that you can kind of see them like maybe just maybe when you're getting hot and making a run in the playoffs. Um, but maybe. yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. They're just they just kind of are what they are and they're gonna fizzle out. And maybe the semifinal, maybe the conference final, but they just don't seem like they have enough, even with McDavid and Dreisaitl and all those good players they have to get over that hump.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little surprising he walked away. Mario kind of mentioned he's got that that drive and that, that w- wanting to win, much like Jonathan Taves does. Um, you know, he was a guy that you thought this guy could play. He could be the next Yarmir Yager and Plato. He's forty-five because he's in that good of shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little surprised, um, knowing the competitor that he is. But kudos to to Duncan for coming to the realization to say eh, maybe it's not my best idea. Maybe it's. Got to do with with you know wanting to be closer to, around his son as his son starts to get into you mm-hmm. know a little older maybe be there to to coach him if he decides to play hockey. There's no way Duncan Keith's son's not playing hockey. Um, <laughs> Draft him now. I, I'm, I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's already got skates and sticks and and could probably whoop my ass on the ice already. Yeah, he's, he, he, I just checked. He's nine years old already. Yeah. Oh, well, he's definitely already got scouts' attention. I'm sure. But yeah, because he was you know, a.
2: He was a baby I remember in the the 2013 um, yeah. on ice celebration I remember Keith had like a little baby with him so yeah that's almost
0: be. 10 years ago for crying out loud Good um yeah so yeah kudos to him for maybe for making that decision to say, hey you know what it's the right time for me to step away for whatever those reasons were and I'm sure there are more than one there's dozens of reasons that go into and I'm sure it was a very very difficult decision. For a guy like Duncan Keith to make, so kudos to him for you know saying, hey, it's okay. You know, I, I've I've had you list all those accomplishments. I mean, for a guy that was drafted in the second round, was the 16th defenseman taken yeah. in that draft? 15 other defensemen <laughs> were taken ahead oh, of him. Wow. I
2: haven't even realized uh, that,
0: including Anton yeah. Babchuk, Jay's guy, uh, who let was taken in the first is. round that let year. It out, yeah. Let it play out. Let it play out. <laughs> and uh, Jay Bo Meister was one of those other other defensemen. Uh, I thought you were just uh, about to call taking... me Jay Bowman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't I don't have fifty cents to throw in the jar. Um, but Jay like Bo yeah, Meester. Jay, Jay Jay Bo, Jay Bo Meister was the first defenseman to take. He was taken third overall in that draft. I mean, he,
2: he's no Duncan Keith, but he had a hell of a he career. A good player. No,
0: absolutely. But then you look at a uh, uh, Yoni Patinkin was taken fourth Stud. overall. Yeah. The... Um, Jury's still out on that one. Ryan mm-hmm. Whitney was taken fifth, so he had three defensemen in the top five, and then twelve more defensemen. Let's go. Let's, shall yeah, we go let's do these the list. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Isn't this go. the this
2: is the the Tom Brady effect? were all the quarterbacks yeah. taken before him? <laughs> so
0: he had Jay Beamer to to Florida at three overall. Yoni right. uh yeah, fourth overall yeah. to the Flyers. Yeah, Ryan Whitney went fifth overall to the Pittsburgh he had an Penguins. Okay, career, and definitely not worth that slot though. Keith no. Ballard, uh, I remember Ooh, him. He went 11th okay. overall to the Buffalo Sabers. Steve Eminger went 12th overall to the Capitals. He hung uh, around a for a while. A little bit. Uh, Dennis Grebshef, okay uh, from Russia. Don't know who that is. He was sure. taken 18th overall by the Kings. There. Then we get our guy Anton Babchok, 21st to the Blackhawks. There you go. Martin Wagner to the Dallas sure. Stars 26 overall. Sure Nice pick. Um we get into the second round Andre Nemich uh, went 35th to the Penguins.
2: Okay.
0: 43rd overall future Chicago Blackhawks legend Trevor Daly to the Dallas Stars. Oh, that's a pretty that's, that's, that's a pretty good pick right that's there. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. He had a really good No again, no Duncan Keith, but he had a really good he had run a good career. for the Stars yeah. there. Uh, Matt Green, another longtime defenseman, went 44th oh, Matt, overall. Oh, Matt Green. Matt Green. Matt, oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt Green. I'm thinking, I got the wrong green in my head, don't I? Am <laughs> I thinking Andy Green? Yeah. Well, Matt gotcha. Green went to the Oilers at 44th. Tomas Linhard went 45th to the Canadiens. Sure. Anton Kadakin mm-hmm. to the Devils at 51st. Ah. And then we get Duncan <laughs> Keith, oh, wow. 54th overall to the Blackhawks. <laughs> wow. This, this so, is a good
1: place to remind people, this is why Kyle Davidson wants multiple first-round picks. just—it it is yeah. a crapshoot.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and can we just say that like I, this is my obligatory shout-out to Mike Smith, who drafted Duncan Keith. I know lots of the Blackhawk fans. I know Pat Foley loves to tell us that Dale Talon is the only guy responsible for their Stanley Cups. Mike Smith had a, just as much to do with it uh, by getting mm-hmm. guys like Duncan Keith in the second round, drafting Brent Seabrook, drafting Corey, Corey Crawford. Crawford. He Crawford. drafted Dustin yeah. Buff. Uh, he dust- Dustin Bufflin wasn't Mike mm-hmm. Smith pick, so. I know Dale Talon is the popular guy because we all hate he who shall not be named <laughs> but Mike Smith had a lot to do with this yeah. too and this was one of his picks uh, and we mentioned all the garbage defensemen that were taken ahead of Duncan <laughs> Keith so you know I'm not going to say Mike Smith is a genius maybe he had Duncan Keith you know if Mike Smith was a genius he would have taken Mike he would have taken Duncan Keith with that 21st <laughs> overall pick and not <laughs> Anton Babchuk but so yeah. I still I'm still clamoring one day for a throwback Thursday episode. Maybe not this off season, but one of these years we're going to do a Mike Smith retrospective <laughs> Why episode. Not? Look, it's a lot
1: harder to pick a stud at number 54 than it is to pick a stud at number one and number three. Right. It right. wasn't exactly rocket science for Dale Talon to, to make those picks. Like Right, and, he
0: had Patrick Kane, and then, oh, Jonathan Taves is on the board at number three. That's an easy pick. Yeah, and, nice. his, and he, look, you still have to make those picks. And he yes, signed Marion Hossa, so he gets credit for yes. that, too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: But, yeah, and what's funny, though, is you look back on the photos of Duncan Keith at the draft, and you can kind of see, especially where the league was at that time, why he fell so low. He looks like a child. He's tiny. He is scrawny. He, he, he has not filled out his frame whatsoever. And if I was a GM and I saw like, all right, this kid's a great skater, was really good at Michigan State, but I I can't make a first round pick on the, I just can't. It's very similar to Alex debrinkit Like, yeah, the numbers are great, but he's tiny. He's just
2: tiny. So he was like, I don't what, know. like a like a buck fifty when he was drafted or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like, he
0: was he was small. It just goes to show you how far the league has come in 20 years since that draft pick was made. When you look at Duncan Keith, and you, and you, as you just said, oh, my God, he's so tiny. And then you look at a guy like Lane Hudson from this past, who literally <laughs> is we, still we, a child. Yeah, and, he got through, and you wanted him in the first round. And we, yeah,
2: we were all like, let's
0: get him. <laughs> not all of us. Not all nah, of us. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> After two defensemen, I was like, enough. Let's, yeah, let's well, get some yeah. forwards. That's true. But yeah, no, uh so it just goes to show you that you look at a guy like Duncan Keith twenty years ago, he's too small to play in the NHL. And now, twenty years later, almost every defenseman, like when you pick a six four hulking defenseman, you're like, Oh, that's different. Like the game has <laughs> changed and Duncan Keith has a big can, part of the reason why can my they smaller defenseman... Yeah, I and mean, then Duncan yeah. Keith led that revolution of the position of defenseman. Without Duncan Keith, Cale McCarr is probably a, a left winger. You know, <laughs> That's yeah, maybe. True. yeah. I yeah. Mean, He led that revolution of the puck-moving defenseman that can skate through the neutral zone. He, he, he was one of those guys that led the shift from, and that's why it's so awesome that he's forever paired with Brent Seabrook because they were the perfect combination. Yes, I know that they didn't play together all the time, but they were the perfect combo of the new modern defenseman and that stay-at-home guy that could kick your ass.
1: So that sets it up <laughs> very nicely to play this piece of audio I pulled from Duncan Keith's retirement press conference. Um, This is courtesy of Oilers.com or Edmonton Oilers. Whatever the website is that the Oilers own, this is where it's from. (laughs) A lot of great memories. uh, A lot of great teammates from my time uh, in Chicago. When I think of those teammates and the special bonds and memories that we created, uh, one guy that sticks out to me the most is uh, is Brent Seabrook. Uh, I was fortunate to play with him for over a thousand games uh, as defense partners, as defense teammates. When I think of those other teammates and Patrick Sharp, uh, Marian Hosa, Nicholas Yalmerson, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Corey Crawford, Dustin Bufflin, Andrew Ladd, Christopher Versteeg, Brian Campbell,
2: the list goes on, and um, I think one thing that made those teams special was our, our passion uh, and the fact that we cared and, and we wanted to be great every
1: single night. Keith went on to say that he thinks, and fellas, maybe you know this, that him and Brent Seabrook have the record for most games played together as a tandem, is that true? Really? I don't know it's how you interact. That
2: s- sounds right.
0: Most games, Blackhawks record or NHL together. record? I think
1: he said NHL record. NHL. I mean, it's pretty play. rare you have two guys that play over a thousand games together for the same organization. Right. Not to mention they play together almost all of that time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I. It's it sounds right because I mean yeah you think about. Back in the heyday, the original six days, you know, when you didn't have free agency and and guys stayed with teams for 10, 12 years at a time. But also in those days, they were playing 45, 50, 60 games in a regular season, too. So fewer games are being played. So that sounds right. I would I would I would not argue that point if he's if he's right or wrong. If it's not the most ever, it's certainly it's got to be up there. It's certainly in the team photo. I mean, it's one of the most ever. Uh, and that was a special pairing and one thing we were talking about the, the early start of Duncan Keith there's one thing I want to point out as, as kind of a more traditional roadmap for a rebuilding team especially when you look at guys like the Hawks are drafting like a Kevin Korshinsky uh, a Sam Renzel drafted in the first round this year Duncan Keith was drafted in 2002 he went back to Michigan State and then ended up going finishing that year in the WHL then he spent two full seasons yep. in the AHL. He didn't make his pro debut until 2005. Three full seasons of development before he even got to the NHL. And those first couple of seasons with the Blackhawks, not great. Like they were. He he had some of that little a little bit of that offensive flair that we knew, but there were a lot of nights where he was an adventure out there. Him and Seabrook, they took so much time. So it was probably, what? 2007 2008 that Keith really started to cement himself and then 0809 took that jump So so when we look at guys like Krasinski and Renzel and basically any of these guys Drafted in the last couple years and guys are going to be drafted in the next three or four years Remember that Duncan's Keith past to superstardom is Far more common than the Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves path to superstardom. You gotta have patience they had patience with Duncan Keith and it paid off into a Hall of Fame career, franchise record having career. So just just food for thought when 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 we're going through these next couple of years. Like when's Kevin Kresinski going to play when he's ready? That's the answer.
1: Mario is looking attentively at his phone. Oh, What's the breaking news? What
2: happened? Oh God! I am no 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 no. I'm oh. trying to find this. <laughs> I'm trying to find this stat. And here we that's go. That's something that's. I don't even be know how cool you track fun. that.
1: Because if yeah. they, if you play a shift together in a game, does that count as a game so, as a D part? Like how do, It's really hard to figure that out, I think.
2: So this is from... Who wrote this? This is from Yahoo Sports, Ryan Taylor. It says, On Tuesday during his final press conference, Keith chose to remember playing 15 straight seasons with his opposite defenseman, Seabrook. They are an all-time legendary tandem together, combining for 207 goals, 861 assists, and 2306 games as Blackhawks. I don't think that is I think that's both of their career games combined. I don't think that technically is their career games playing together, together as a yeah. pair. Okay,
1: so give me the what was the stat
2: again? Were the like the goals and assists? Keith and Seabrook combined 2007 or 207 goals. 861 yeah. assists for a combined 1,068 points and together as Blackhawks have played a combined 2,306 games. I believe that's total, not as a pair. Got so it. Okay. but so, I, I, would, I would, would, would still assume I, that's wouldn't a record su- though. I wouldn't be surprised because they played all of their prominent years together as a pairing. I wouldn't be surprised as the fact that they would have played the most games paired together as a defensive duo i wouldn't be surprised by that
0: at the very least they're probably the most duo together in the expansion era since 1967 i would put money oh i yeah
2: i'm sure yeah
1: hey if you want to put money on stuff oh download that points bet app and use the code chgo when you sign up do that right now and you'll get two risk-free bets up to two grand you're also with a 50 dollar or more first time deposit going to get that free chgo membership You'll get access to all of our great web content. I wrote about Luke Richardson and Max Domi yesterday. Greg's history pieces out. Mario's been writing like crazy lately too. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions on this, email us pointsbet at allchgo.com will help you out play along with the game at home like so many were after our points bet play of the week justin Steele had six strikeouts in the cubs game
0: so close.
1: and they pulled him out because his defense was letting him down and he had thrown a million pitches because of it so our play of the week did not hit but blame the cubs defense not greg it was not greg's fault <laughs> so send an angry letter Tom.Ricketts at cubs.com. I actually don't know if that's his email. It's probably something like Tommy Boy or something at cubs.com. Um, and take it up T- with them. T Ricks. <laughs> T Ricks, yeah. Demand a refund. But those in game bets, they're super fun. You place them as the game's happening. You got a big lead. You think your team's coming back. Bet it. Do it on the points bet app. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services.
0: As much fun as betting on sports is, it's, it's it's one of the perks of being a diehard sports fan. Another perk of being a diehard sports fan is rocking some awesome gear to show the world who your favorite teams are. And right now, CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's the Blackhawks, Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Bulls. Foco will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or loved one. If you're looking to get some new gear, some bobbleheads, some accessories, whatever you want, Foco has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from swimsuits to Crocs to bobbleheads to hats, anything you want with a Blackhawks logo on it, they're going to have it for you. So head over to Foco.com. That's F-O-C-O.com and get yourself some great Chicago sports merchandise of your favorite teams and as an added perk we keep throwing perks at you all CHGO so, listeners so many perks all the perks very perky CHGO CHGO that's never mind I'm leaving that one alone uh, CHGO listeners can save 10% off all purchases by using the code CHGO that's easy to remember at checkout so head over to foco foco.com grab your stuff grab yourself Some stuff and things.
1: All right, so I know we're the audio-only podcast, but I want to show you guys this today. I'm not a big memorabilia guy, but this is my greatest piece this That's
0: great to say
2: right after the focal read. (laughs) Game used, Duncan Keith. That's awesome. Wow, signed and everything. Yeah,
1: my dad got this for me. I don't know where he got it. I think it was like some some auction somewhere.
2: That's really cool. This is
1: one of my prized possessions.
2: So it is, uh, for those not... uh those those not uh, <laughs> seeing it right now it will, is an, yeah. an Easton stick it is uh, white or silvery silver silver all right yeah. silver and shimmery it's got the uh, the candy cane taping down the uh, down the shaft of the stick and uh, yeah signed on the blade what year would this be probably around 2011 12 13 you know what
1: i don't know um this mm. is a this is like one of these old Easton aluminums um, oh, okay. So that's like, early. It doesn't seem like guys use these very often anymore.
2: No, no. I don't think I don't think Easton does Easton even still make sticks. I don't know. It's not aluminum, no. it's like the composite, but you the know what I mean. Composite, but yeah. Okay, um, so that's an old that's an older stick. But then. if you're that's curious really cool. what this looks like, I
1: will actually tweet a photo of it in the show's description here so everybody can see it. So look for go. the show tweet at CHGO underscore blackhawks and I'll put a picture of the Duncan Keith stick underneath it. It's very cool, and I'm gonna go chuck it aside. So I can continue uh, to do the show. Good <laughs> solid yeah, sound. Get some ASMR in there. <laughs> so I guess the, the conversation now goes to kind of where it always goes: is where is Duncan Keith's place in Blackhawks history? Uh, first, probably amongst defensemen, and second, probably all time. And I've never seen Pierre Plot play, so I can't just flat out say that Duncan Keith is better than Pierre Plot. Uh, all I can do is look at the accomplishments, look at the career. Uh, look at everything Duncan Keith has done and and I feel pretty comfortable calling Duncan Keith the best defenseman in Blackhawks history. Um, again, I'm sure there are some some old timers that will take issue with it, but cups matter. Like, isn't that the tiebreaker, right? If if you're up against it and you say, Usually, I I don't really yeah. know which guy to give it to, you know, Pierre Plot's
0: got one, but he doesn't have three. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so hard to compare eras, especially in hockey. Pierre Palat, great player, awesome guy, one of the greatest of all time as far as Blackhawks go. But, man, you can't compare playing in 1961 to playing in 2013. Mm-hmm. Totally different sport. Totally different sport. Totally different type of player. Duncan Keith's speed alone. Um, now granted, Pierre Pilot didn't have to be as fast as Duncan Keith because he didn't have to deal with speed on the other side like that, but it's so hard. I would I would comfortably as well say that Duncan Keith is the greatest Blackhawks defenseman uh, of all time. Um, I mean, to me, it's Duncan Keith, then Doug Wilson, then Pierre Palat, Uh but that's just my personal rankings. Uh, I was always a big fan of Doug Wilson, so uh, to me, it's Duncan Keith, then Doug Wilson, as far as Blackhawks go.
2: Yeah, I think you, you look at just where he stands statistically uh, most games played as a defenseman for the Blackhawks, you know, second all time, obviously uh, behind um, Stan Mikita. I, I believe he's second in points all time as a defenseman behind Doug Wilson. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, it's just the longevity of his career, all with Chicago. Um, I think the, the, the individual accolades, the, the Stanley cups, you, you know, t- the the Con Smythe in, in 2015, uh, so well deserved because you look at 2010 2013, uh, Tays in 2010, Kane into in 2013. Those Con Smythe awards you could you could look at those and be like, ah, could you know could maybe someone else be in there? Um, especially 2013, I thought Corey Crawford had a amazing uh op- a chance and 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 um, you know a. a What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, he had a, he had an amazing case to be the Conn Smythe winner in 2013, but uh, Patrick Kane ultimately getting the the award. But in 2015, it was the, the Blackhawks don't win that Stanley Cup, don't go on that run without Duncan Keith being the player that he was. Um, and I think you know having having at that stage of his career on on that stage of the game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup Finals, to be able to uh, Put in that kind of effort, playing basically what, 31, 32 minutes a night, mm-hmm. um, just kind of cementing that legacy. I, I I, would be very comfortable saying that, as far as all time defensemen, Duncan Keith is probably number one for me.
1: I'm, I'm yeah, surprised th- you. This is a different conversation for a different day, probably, Greg, but you have Doug Wilson over Chelios.
0: I do, because A, Wilson was here longer, I, I think, um, and it just, you know. He was the first Blackhawk to win a Norris Trophy. He had that offensive ability. So did Chelios. But I just, I don't know. To me, Wilson was a better all-around player. No no shade to Cheli. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorite players, too. But I just, and maybe it's the hair. Us hair guys. Us guys with great <laughs> hair got to stick together. The you hair know, helmet. Doug, Doug Wilson did not need one. Doug Wilson, no. Doug Wilson's hair should have its own plaque in the Hall of Fame. It should be <laughs> Doug Wilson the player and Doug Wilson the hair. Um, well, there are rumors uh, just, that someday you might be able to do that and just take it off and put it right on the bust. and
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Let's do it. Um, That'd be good. That'd be yeah, good. no, I mean that that's that, that does sound like another fun topic. Build our, our Mount Rushmores for each position. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 a great debate to have. But yeah, I just for whatever reason, Doug Wilson always stuck out to me. Uh, a little bit better than Chelios, um, you know, he, just because he was he was faster, uh, a little more creative, um, and where Chelios would just, you know, if Chelios had enough of you, he'd just punch you in the mouth and move on. So, uh, which is, you know, I kind of compare, like, a great comparison would be, like, if you had Duncan or Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook together would have been, like, if you had a pairing of Doug Wilson and Chris Chelios together, kind of similar, uh, uh attributes to those pairings i don't know if wilson and chelios ever were i always think played together i always I think of chelios
1: and Suter, and then and chelios and carney played together a lot too yeah but chelios I don't think and wilson, Suter were wilson the, was
0: already what what year did the hawks get Chelios? well they were teammates for a couple of seasons but i don't think they ever played together is that right that seems almost impossible
1: chelios's first year in chicago was 90 91. and then mm-hmm. And let me see. So
0: one season, because the next year, he or no, 92 was the Shark. So two seasons here.
1: Yeah, Wilson was Wilson... on that team, too. Yep.
0: Yep. So, and I don't know if, I don't remember them ever being a pairing together. But then again, I was 12 in my memories. So <laughs> What's wrong with I, you? I've lost a lot of brain cells between now and then, so I don't recall. I just remember, like, in the really
1: lean years of Chelios and Suter being number one and two in scoring yeah. on the team. Which and is not good. And if if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves somehow are gone before the season begins, you could very easily see Seth Jones being this team's leading scorer. Yeah. Which he's, is not a
0: good thing. He still might be. <laughs> like, <laughs> if he assists on every single one of Patrick Kane's goals, yeah, yeah. he's got a shot he's at it. He's going to play
1: 40 minutes a night. Because well, he, I mean,
0: <laughs> he, he owes us 13 power play goals this season. Yeah, or he's over Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Well, the one thing that, that I go to... Uh, with looking at different eras and, and, and whatnot is um, point shares, which are which are uh, you know, uh, uh, an era excluding um, yeah. stat. So a quick little indicator here for, for those that don't know, uh, point shares is hockey's equivalent to baseball's win shares metric. Uh, it aims to measure individual players' contribution to team success toward their team's total points in the regular season standings. If that makes makes sense. So for the Blackhawks' all-time point shares list, the top five are Tony Esposito, Stan Mikita, Bobby Hall, Patrick Kane, Glenn Hall. Obviously, goalies are weighted much more in point shares. Uh, But number six at 113 is uh, Duncan Keith. Behind him, Doug Wilson. Jonathan Taze, Corey Crawford, Brent Seabrook round out the uh, total point shares in Blackhawks history. For defensive point shares, the top of the list is Duncan Keith at 70. Wow. Number two is Brent Seabrook at 56.5. So there's a 13.5 four, four, uh, uh, point share gap between number one and two between Keith and Seabrook. Pierre Palat, number five at 51.1.
1: That's something. And now I'm looking at the same thing you are. And to uh to Greg's point, looking at offensive point shares, the only defenseman on that list is Doug Wilson, number seven at 53.6, right ahead of Tony Amani at 49.3. So yeah. that's a, that's an interesting argument. That that like that's I mean, look, Doug Wilson's awesome, but I'm gonna take anything away from the guy. Um, but just I don't I I always assume like Chelios is two or three in most people's minds with Keith one. Palat two or three, Chelios two or three, and then Doug Wilson. But there's certainly an argument to be made there. That's that's for damn yeah. sure.
0: Um, yeah, Chelios did more of those things that showed up on the uh, the news reels. You know, the the highlight packages, the big hits, mm-hmm. the big goals in overtime. You know, stuff like that. Where where Wilson was kind of like Keith to a degree, where he just went about his business and played the best hockey every night, and you kind of got took it for granted how good he was. And I think that that could be said for Duncan Keith too. We kind of took for granted how good he was cuz he just did it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a great point because for so many years
1: you didn't even talk about Duncan Keith cuz you just knew he was going to be great. So it mm-hmm. wasn't even like a like you'd start talking about the playoffs, right? Like oh like can Patrick Kane, you know, score against Anze Kopitar's line like how is that going to look? Duncan Keith was so good and so dependable that his name like rarely came up in conversation because you just knew that whatever happened he was going to be the best defenseman on the ice for either team every night, and it was just a given it was just a given yeah. and there you was can count never out. a question mark, yeah, and you know you can count, like, as we were talking earlier about you know the fact that he didn't play as long as maybe we expected as we've been kind of talking here I've been thinking about that and Maybe because speed was such a big part of his game that losing a step or two hurts him more than it hurts 40-year-old Chris Chelios or 40-year-old Yarmir Yager. Or like we talk a lot about Patrick Kane, like Scott Wheeler was saying yesterday, um, using your speed selectively, right, as a forward. Like, you don't have to just be guns blazing all the time, but getting it, being elusive is more important yeah. than being fast. Keith was so speed-based. I mean, look, mm-hmm. he was smarter than everybody he had more endurance than everybody uh he was great and of course he was one of the best skaters in the game so he had all of that going for him but when the skating thing started to slip a little bit that's when you saw keith become pretty ordinary and if anything kind of not great so i I, i'll bet that played a role because you're and i think we saw a little bit of that too with seabrook who is never known for his speed but when that step goes your your brain wants Mm -hmm. to get you somewhere but your body can't do it anymore yeah. And that calculus, the mental calculus that has to go on to, you know, I'm imagining like the math factors like in front of my face, right? Like the, like the famous <laughs> GIF. Yeah. Like you say, it takes me this long to get here, but your body is telling you something otherwise. And that's yeah. got to be a frustrating place for a player to be who's working just as hard as always and trains just as hard, same diet and everything. But the body's just failing them. And that's, that's really got to be the toughest thing for an athlete of that level to deal with.
2: Yeah, I mean when when Duncan Keith was at his prime, you know, he was one of the best skaters uh, not only on the team but in the league. Yeah. Just mobility, speed, just uh, the the way that he could use that to uh neutralize any opponent. In his prime, Duncan Keith could probably line up with Connor McDavid and and defend him pretty well. Um unfortunately, most times that Connor McDavid went against Duncan Keith was after his prime and <laughs> yeah. there, there were times where he was turned around by by guys like that so yeah I mean it's 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 a hard adjustment when you one of your be- best tools in your in your in your tool belt is no longer there you have to make up for it and and a lot of I think a lot of times Duncan Keith still tried to rely on that speed and that mobility to uh to, to be the biggest part of his game and and it ended up not working out, and and you know you started to look and, and see like okay he's he definitely has lost a step and um, some of those some of those things that he used to do he he, he wasn't beating guys to pucks wasn't be, wasn't you know getting uh, getting in the in the positions he used to be to, uh, to 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 be effective and it's what's crazy to me is that if he wanted to play I think they're out of out of the thirty two teams in the NHL he would he yeah. would have a spot on a lot of those teams. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think it's, it, it comes down to his, his own personal, uh, expectations of, of what he can do. I don't think he want, I don't think he would want to just be like, oh, I'll just be a third pairing guy. Maybe play a little bit of power play. It's too competitive, too, too proud in his, in his abilities, too proud in his game to, to just be a, a sixth or seventh defenseman. Um, but if he wanted, if he wanted it, he would have a spot on, uh, in, on an NHL roster this, this season and probably even next season too. But yeah, I think he's, I think he realized that everything he wants, which is to be competitive, be a prominent player and probably also be close to home. Just not, it doesn't seem like those boxes are going to be checked for him. And that's that's why he, he was coming to the decision that uh, it was time to, to hang it up.
1: Yeah, and when you talk about the competitiveness, I think that's where some of us feel like it is an actual consideration that Jonathan Taves might just call it a career after this year because I don't think he's interested in going to some other city and being their third-line center. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the kind of thing Jonathan Taves is interested in being or wanting to do. So we've got a lot of time to talk about Jonathan Taves, <laughs> but I just when you said that too competitive thing, yeah, I. Yeah. That's a lot of the, those guys, and that's what Duncan Keith said in his retirement press The high freshman.
2: standards, the high self standards. Um, it's the, those those guys. It's it's hard to sometimes be like you know what I guess my my role is reduced, and uh, it's, it's 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 that's it's hard to uh, to to accept at that point.
0: I guarantee you, when Jonathan Taves starts to seriously contemplate whether he's going to play another year or hang up his skates he's going to have a very long phone call with Duncan Keith. And Duncan Keith, they're probably going to talk about a lot of these same things if they haven't had that conversation already. Maybe Duncan Keith called Jonathan Taves to have that. But I guarantee you those conversations, had they not happened already, they're going to happen when when Taves gets to that point where he seriously thinks about, hey, what's in it left for me here? So two guys who are cut from the same cloth as far as – competitiveness and and desire and training both of those guys mm. are just uh, two of the best to ever do like the complete I mean they're they're hockey robots for yeah. crying out loud so um, I, I guarantee those two guys have had chats already and we'll have some more about now that they're at the end of their at their yeah. their playing days what what's next and how do I know it's the right time?
2: And though and those standards are are influenced not only by their personal ability but also their environment. I mean, Taze and 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 Keith have been winners their basically their their entire careers. I know Keith was was around in Chicago before Taze and and the Taze and Kane era started, but um, you know they they've been winners in Chicago, three time Stanley Cup champions. Uh, as as you mentioned, Jay, in the uh in in Keith's, resume of accomplishments 2 two-time gold medalists at, at, at for team Canada at the Winter Olympics um probably may have had an opportunity for three in 2018 if, if the NHL players had, had gone so it's 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 the culture that they that they uh expect to to play in is competitive and and winning and when you don't have that it's uh it's it, it makes decisions harder so yeah I think we like you said we can get into tays all the rest of the summer if we want to but um it's, it's definitely a consideration. So I guess now that we have
1: you know placed Duncan Keith in the pantheon of Hawks defensemen, we sort of have to look at him among Blackhawks of all time. And I know the Mount Rushmore thing is completely overdone, but it's a really <sighs> nice way to kind of state who are the iconic four mm-hmm. for the franchise. And I, I'm having trouble coming up with four that does not include
2: him. Um, I feel like every time I do this, I have a different four. It's so yeah, it's so too. hard. It yeah, it is very
1: we, difficult, and it's you know. Th- so the the certainties are Makita and Kane, right? Mm-hmm. They're up there for yeah. sure. So you need two other slots for Hull, Taves, and Keith.
0: Yeah, and and listen, and and we I or know Esposito
2: we or you yeah. know you know it's it's yeah. your it's your preference. You know what what did they mean or, to you yeah. or, or well, Hall l- or Pilat or.
1: And Mario, as yeah. you look at when you pulled up the Blackhawks franchise leader page on hockey reference, I just everybody Google Blackhawks franchise leaders. Look at that uh, hockey reference page. Tony Esposito is at or near the top of all of those. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think excluding him is difficult. So I think <laughs> the way to do it is you build your line, right? Like you just have to have three forwards, two defensemen and the goalie. So it's not really a mountain as much as a uh, as a lineup. And whatever it is, Duncan Keith is D one for me. There, there's no doubt that he's on that list, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just really hard for me to find an argument against him being the best in franchise history, like you like you both said.
0: Yeah, it's hard to take him off that Mount Rushmore type thing, top four. I mean, I know we don't like to celebrate Bobby Hall as a person because he's not a good person. Renowned putter. Yeah, we don't need to get into the reasons why. If you don't know by now, you know, you need to do a quick Google. Um, but <laughs> if, if we're doing hockey players, what they accomplish on the ice, Bobby Hull has to be there. I mean, you can't deny that he was one of the greatest players of all time, not only just in this franchise, but in the league. Um, he accomplished things nobody else did at that time, and he helped revolutionize the game with Stan Mikita. So... You know, I would. It, it to me, it comes down to who gets that fourth spot. It's it's Makita, Hall, Kane. So you can make an argument for Taves. You can make an argument for Keith. You can make an argument for Tony Esposito. You can make an argument for Doug Wilson, Chris Chow. I mean, there's so many. When you when you got a when you got a team that's as, as long as, you know, as storied and has so many great players of the Hawks, it's tough to do. So um, that's why I suggested we do a Mount Rushmore per position. And then, maybe, oh. and then maybe let our great CHGO listeners then vote on, like, what their favorite, uh, who would they put in there. Or maybe we do we expand Mount Rushmore to five. Five positions on <laughs> on, on a hockey lineup, you know? You got to have, or I actually would have to have six. We can't forget about the goalies. So I don't know. But I think we should do one for each position, and that would be a lot of fun discussion.
1: I agree. Uh, the other thing, too, the other way to do it is, who gets a statue from this era? No oh, god, Everybody. right? So <laughs> it's put the whole bench. Taves, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook—is that like one statue? I don't oh know. Oh my god! I, I mean, I'm, kinda very, like what the, I'm very glad I, I'm not the person who has to decide this stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: have you ever, Have you seen the statue they have in Toronto where it's like an actual it's hockey the, bench? Yeah. And they add like another player every couple of years to like one guy's hopping over the boards, one guy's sitting on the bench. Like they add to that. I would L- love to see something that's like L- that. It's really legends, cool. row, legends row or something. I think it's yeah. Called. Yeah. That's
2: very cool. That's That's pretty cool.
0: Like so you I think what you have to do for that is you kind of have to do like one big thing for like the cup era teams. where you have one like collage or or group like that, like a line photo or something like that? but yeah, yeah Keith Seabrook deserves statues. Kane and Tave deserves statues. the the, Marian the Hossa se- deserves a statue. Yeah. I uh, feel
2: like the cool. seven the the seven guys that were there for all three cups should be. Immortalized in the, yeah, that makes in sense. Like some sort so, of in some way.
0: I like that idea sculpture. of the
1: of the bench with guy and then you could add to that throughout history. You need a you need an original idea. They do have the statue on Madison of yeah. like the Bill words pettiness doesn't actually the players modeled on the thing are not actual Blackhawks, they're just like random. They're just, yeah, it's yeah they're just like, someone. AI-created uh, hockey players, kind of. Yeah. Um, Bar-
0: bargain bin statue shopping. Yeah,
1: this guy sort of looks like Bobby Hull, but Bill Wertz never he's put a, Bobby Hull on He's a white guy on
0: skates. Throw him on the statue. Yeah, right. 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 It's,
1: it's a, go look at the, if you haven't looked closely at that statue, none of those people are actual Blackhawks. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very, very strange. So, anyway, uh, we've solved nothing. Way to go, everybody. Awesome. did it. We right. did it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, um, before Mario tells you what you need, one more cool <laughs> thing I noticed this morning. Uh, the Rockford Icehogs uh, tweeted a video of their new uh, digs. They moved into a new office. Um, seemingly, Greg, you know better than I do. Mario, you know better than I do, too. Seemingly across the street from the BMO Center, um, now that the Hawks have full control of the Rockford Icehogs organization, they have opened state-of-the-art, Offices and work centers, and they've got a big atrium with wide-open cubicle spaces and couches and all the latest technologies. So, you know, That's the Blackhawks, you know, we keep seeing people pop into the chat saying, "Hawks are cheap. Hawks are cheap. The Hawks are funding the, you know, re-establishment of offices in their major, in their minor league." Uh, facilities and, they're committing to the that arena they're, too yeah mm-hmm.
2: so. arena renovations it's 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 a big investment into the ice hogs which is which is great to see because that's a community that loves that team um and, and it's it desperately and they yeah and they needed it and and you know it's especially now going into a rebuild uh and and where the next few years the, that those rockford teams are going to be very important uh, it's it's good to see that they are um, giving them some some tools and resources to uh, to to kind of build up that that uh, that winning culture or that you know moving into a new uh, a new era kind of culture with uh, with with their their minor league system and and give those young players a, a taste of uh, you know a, a bigger a bigger taste of, of, of hockey before uh, eventually moving on to the NHL level I think that's that's something that's really important and um you know, it's it's good to see that that they're getting uh you know getting some 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 great office space to work in uh, uh, kind of a, more of a of an Ice Hogs headquarters. Um, that's good. That's good.
0: Yeah, those yeah, are the sure. perks. They, they they deserve it. Um, they need it. If you're gonna if you're serious about development, you gotta you've gotta invest in the Ice Hogs. Um, now, my only wish as with all these great improvements that they're getting. An actual press box and some Wi-Fi that works—that shouldn't be too hard to ask for. <laughs> that
2: should we, be uh, should be handled soon, hopefully.
1: Yeah, we tried to do a good job of uh, you two more than me, uh, letting the Hawks PR staff know, like you know, we'd love to do a show from there, but the Wi-Fi is horrible. So I don't know if we could. I don't know if we can do that. So hopefully they said, oh well, that's maybe something we can fix pretty simply,
2: as long we as they I get they the uh, the arena done by uh, not this. Not the same company that our office is getting done by. <laughs> but uh, Oh, very quick. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We'll yeah. be there
1: sometimes between March and September. Don't yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, it got better. it's been better this week. It yes. has been better. Knock I, on, uh, yes. knock on yes. composite hockey sticks. Um, that it, will, it will maintain. Office, yeah. All right. Tell us what we need so we can begin our weekend, Mario.
2: Yeah. You guys need some Owen, don't you? Yep. Don't you all need some Owen? Spelled O-W-Y-N, standing for only what you need. Owen, if you uh, don't know, is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, they are allergen friendly, they don't contain any gluten or dairy, and are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields who follows a plant-based diet. I'm sure Justin's uh, breaking out the Owen as Bears training camp is uh, getting underway. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off of your first purchase when you use the promo code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join Justin Fields, try Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what
1: you need. All right, before we wrap up, I did do one final check of Twitter and my email. No Blackhawks news broke. Fellas, we made it from start right. to finish. We got Sweet. our Duncan Keith episode done. Let's go. Thank you, Blackhawks. So everybody, Ooh. have a great, safe weekend. If you're going to Lala, travel safe. Be safe. Don't take things where you don't know where they came from. Be with a friend. <laughs> walk with people. Be smart. Be safe. Uh, remember, next week we are expecting a conversation with Calvin DeHaan, which should be a lot of fun. And we've always got Blackhawks news breaking around the clock, so we'll be all over it next uh, week.
2: Ian, Ian Kennedy next week,
1: right? <laughs> yes, Ian Kennedy as well.
0: Um, I don't know if that's confirmed for next week. Stay okay, oh, but, okay. Uh, we yeah. are gonna have him at some point, um, yeah. To, he's a little uh, busy. Yeah. yeah, maybe once Hockey Canada stops doing gross things, we'll have more time to talk to him. All right, we'll but talk to He's Ian. on the agenda. So We'll talk to Ian Kennedy
2: when the rebuild is over. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We appreciate the support. Remember to follow us on social media at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. Follow Greg at Greg Boyson. Mario at Mario underscore Tirabasi. I'm at Jay Zawoski. Uh, Make sure you have liked our YouTube page. Make sure you like uh, the CHGO Sports Facebook. Anything else I'm missing? No, that's everything. All right, have a great weekend. We love you. We miss you. Uh, Be safe. We'll talk to you Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.